welcome to the United Show. I am your host, Solomon Vod. Uh, in this week's episode for my life intake, we have Solomon Chitumba from Swatopet. Solomon, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, so uh, Solomon, uh, like I told you earlier, with my life intake, we're trying to put human faces and voices to some of the interesting startups, investments, and policy formations uh, driving the technology sector in Uganda. Yeah. And swipe to pay. It's, uh, it's one of uh, the catching, catching sort of <laughs> startups we, we have zero down to. So uh, I love being in that catchy equation. All right. So uh, our first first talking point. We just we just want you to tell us a little on how you you got into tech because we know uh, everyone has a different journey of how they found themselves into tech. So that's a short one. I don't know whether my story can be short, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, disclaimer, I went to law school for, for two years. I quit, did internship for a tech company. Uh, they were saying fancy things during their morning meetings. Yeah. Uh, felt really fascinated, started doing a lot of YouTube. I found myself writing Java that I've never written again ever since. <laughs> I think my first love was Java and PHP. Okay. Yeah, then I did Drupal for like two years. I, then finally fell in love with JavaScript and mobile development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why I found myself in tech, started running uh, meetups, uh, sharing what I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here I am running a startup. That's <laughs> interesting. But and then, again, quick one, you mentioned, you talked about meetups. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you uh, attribute your coming into tech to meetups? Like, what is the, the takeaways for someone getting into tech, uh, going into innovation spaces? Getting into meetups, like what was your experience? I mean, I think organizing and then yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, even before I started organizing my 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 own events, I was really fascinated by uh, GDG Kampala. Okay. Uh, and these guys used to teach us Android development from day one, and it was really fascinating to see a guy who comes in raw, living, speaking the language. Okay. And for me, I knew there was a gap uh, between what people know and what they want to share. So what I was, I was gaining, the experience I was getting, I wanted to like pass that on because for me, I learned tech for free from YouTube. Okay. I thought it would make a lot of sense if I also gave back. Mm-hmm. I started working with uh, different organizations to like start organizing different Meetup. meetups. Mm-hmm. Worked with uh, True African, I've worked with Africa Stalking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, an African uh, developer community called Forloop. Yes, and I'm uh, the uh, lead organizer in Uganda. I know we haven't had like meetups for quite some time. I've been a bit busy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and I'm part of other decentralized groups like PyCla. There's a lot of guys in there sharing amazing stuff. So for anybody getting into tech, I think being part of a bigger community co- contributes a lot to learning and growth. True, true. Uh, so and, uh, so uh, we brought you here to talk about growing the internet economy yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Uh, so tell us your point of view about the internet economy in Africa, because we've been in this for some time. Been <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, calling it the internet economy is, is quite big, mm-hmm. but I think it's also like blowing more light to how far we can go, because mm-hmm. you'll still find that more than ninety percent of Africa's commerce is still offline, okay. and these are the people that we try to like. Uh, so us as swipe to pay, trying to like get them online for the very first time, a single payment for the first time, selling online for the first time literally. Mm. But I mean, it's still, there's a lot of uh, still uh, uncharted waters, there's a lot of opportunity for people trying to like build platforms or e-commerce platforms for this, mm. but there's still like, uh, still a tech divide between 
the service providers and the people that we are providing the service to. So we realize for us as a company, we are trying to work with Mama Ali, the basic lady by means from going back home. Okay. Those, those ones are the, the roadside. The, these are the people that are driving Africa's scammers every day. I understand. Yeah, so how can we help her receive her first payment and how can we help her uh, start keeping records online? Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's still, still quite hard, uh, even on the side of, um, of regulation. Uh, there's regulation trying to happen, but they also don't understand what they're trying to, to regulate. They are not trying. They are not involving the uh, techies in this process. So it's still quite hard, but it's 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 a very interesting time right now. That I didn't know I could order for food online. Yeah, <laughs> now it's the only thing that we do, right? Twenty years ago. I mean, like five years ago. I didn't even trust mobile money five years ago. <laughs> and I'm being honest. And I'm one of the people trying to push for tech. Uh-huh. But I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of learning, and, and that this journey is going to be quite amazing. Uh, I don't want to say thanks COVID, but <laughs> there's been like some big steps that got taken in less than six months for people to try to understand uh, what's really happening online. Online, yeah. yeah. But, like uh, last week, uh, our like two weeks ago, we mm-hmm. talked with Daniel mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He was also driving about the government, mm-hmm. government. Because you see, government on one side they're saying they're trying to push for online. On the other side, they're doing a runner thing like OTT, yeah. OTT tax. So it's really a huge learning curve. But on both sides, I mean, we've, we've seen companies close operations locally because of OTT. I myself was working for uh, for a Japanese company. Okay. Yeah, Proget, and mm. they feel there's no way they can sell their product locally or have people use their product for free locally. If they are being charged for for OTT or accessing the internet, I mean it's quite crazy because mm. uh, for me it was a cash cow for me as a mm. uh, as an individual. I was offering two two hours a day for three days a week. Okay, and uh, so, yeah, and I was getting quite some good money. I was doing trainings in universities, mm. uh, guys to start learning how to program for free. Mm. These guys literally opened up their platform for the African market for free. Okay. Yet it's ten dollars per person out there. Mm-hmm. But then when they go to realize what's actually happening, people have to pay tax to access the internet and all of that. They're like, so long we don't think we're gonna actually continue. <laughs> yeah. So I mean these these are things that the government doesn't think about when they're trying to like have all this regulation in place. Okay. I mean, look at uh, the payment service uh, act. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are asking startups to or almost pay the same licenses as banks, be regulated as a bank, apply for a license, text the, the bank, uh, uh, central bank 90 days to say yes. For fintechs? Yeah, for fintechs, for people trying to like offer payments as a service. Mm-hmm. And with startup has 90 days to wait mm-hmm. uh, for a license to come back for their first customer to, to, uh, to, to transact. Just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You even have to get a license for a sandbox. <laughs> so I mean, this is all uh, regulation that's happening, but not making sense at the end of the day. Understand. Uh, so, uh, tell us about your lessons for going to the market with new ideas. Because um, you, I know you worked with Yosa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then before Yosa, you, you I, I had that like, experience with building a company. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us, tell us about that lesson and the experience. I think, I think. One of my biggest take home is from day one, uh, don't look at your idea as an idea, look at it as a business. Okay. And a business literally sells a product or service to an individual customer. 
So the last person I, I, I talked about is a customer, is a person you have to talk to from day one. So before you go out and sketch and, and spend six hours or six days or 60 months writing code for a product, I think it, it will cost you less time or less money if you talk to the customer first. Otherwise, we have a lot of useless products on the market. <laughs> and I would say we also rolled out a lot of useless features because we are thinking for the customer well. Everything was literally in our hands, and every time we got out to the, to the customers, they're like, eh, not really. This is not what we want. Exactly. They might want it, but it's built the wrong way. Maybe the customers are used to a green button, but you're giving them a blue button. You know, there's that discrepancy. It's misalignment. Exactly. Misalignment between what you're offering and what they're asking for. But I mean, for me, like, in, in the long run, I've, I've, I've gotten to learn uh, the need for a team accountability. Because if you're like one man or two men, mm. it's hard to like uh, have a product right. Yeah, so you need you need the creator, the critic, and and the crusader, the three C's. Yeah, so the, the creator is I have to code it. Yeah, mm. uh, they, then we have the critic. Oh man, we need to float it left. It needs to be blue. Maybe the customer. So this is the person who goes back and forth with customers. Okay. Then you have the crusader who is ready to shout about it when it's ready. Okay. So if you have like that mix, mm. then for me I feel. Every entrepreneur or every startup needs that conjunction to have a product run. I mean, I've, I've, I've learned way too much <laughs> in this journey. Right? Okay, I've, 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 I've learned not to trust some people. Uh, I've learned to trust the process because uh, companies are not built overnight. It's and, and it's okay not to generate revenue for a whole year. Mm. It's okay as long as you have a strategy or plan. Because some, some of us just go all in. No strategy, no plan. Like it will work itself out. Uh, so it doesn't matter. But I need to throw something back at you. Mm. Like you say, you talk about authorities. Mm. Uh, so how does a startup or someone getting started out get to build a team? Because building a team is, to me, is like plug and not plug and play. It's mm-hmm. trial and error. Yeah. So do you need to have that patience, or how do you build that bond for building a, a team? I think the the, the biggest uh, the biggest foundation of team is trust and and, 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 uh, and interest because okay. if I know you're interested uh, but can I trust you uh, and, and but I mean the first team is going to be crap always uh, as a must it's going to be crap uh-huh. you're going to be friends you're going to uh, to shit on top of each other you're going to say fuck you to each other then you break up mm-hmm. but like you're going to find people who look up to you you know my dad has this saying uh, I don't know whether it's just my dad or everyone mm-hmm. but Never give up so easily because you don't know how many people you uh, who look up to you. Yeah. So these people who look up to you are the right people to work with because they are first interested in you as a person. Okay. They are going to believe in what you're working on, and they are going to have undying loyalty. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to stumble upon. Uh, sorry to say this. You're going to stumble upon assholes, uh, people who don't do it right, people who don't listen, who work on their own time. But I think it goes back to planning and strategy because most people will not be interested in what you're working on if you don't have a plan or if they don't see how far you want it to go. Okay, so I actually saw a thread on Twitter Mm -hmm. around the same thing and the lady was saying you need to plan early because he was talking to startups people coming with startup with ideas mm. who have no tech background. Mm. Like so what at, at what point do you approach someone to build for you? And then she was sharing uh, her experience where mm. she got people. But all in all uh, the biggest takeaway was you need to understand the market. Yeah. 
you need to talk to the customers yeah, first. Yeah. You streamline all yeah. the process of what yeah. you're going to uh, to do before you even uh, get on board to get someone to go for you. I think the hack for a tech team mm. is being part of the tech community, whether you're techie or not. If you see like an ad for Python Kampala Meetup, just go in there and talk to people. That's how you get teams. Okay. Just well, that is how you get teams. Yeah, just just stand just at the end of the meetup, stand up, talk to the organizer, tell them I have something I want to like talk mm-hmm. about. Work. Like guys, I want to work on A, B, D, and C. It's going to do C, D, and F. I'm looking for a person to work on to work with me. Yeah. Okay, so now, uh, so, so uh, I want you to tell us, uh, you know, there are so many self-proclaimed gurus, business gurus out there. They'd be like, do this, your business is going to read this hundred times. Right? Mm-hmm. So again, from experience, first tell us uh, how your journey like, uh, listening to the so-called gurus mm-hmm. and then experiencing business lessons. Uh, what, because uh, I know, I, don't, I can't say for a fact here, I don't know about... Uh, you're listening to gurus, but I know you have built a business which <laughs> I think one thing you need to uh, people need to understand is uh, even muddy water can put out fire. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is you're going to listen, but you're going to, you might even listen to people who have never started a business. I would rather listen to a person who has failed multiple times okay. than listening to a person who has never sold a mango. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's better to like be in a community of, of, of other entrepreneurs or founders, then you can actually hear their stories to avoid making the same mistakes. Uh, being part of spaces like the village where you can literally attend all these meetups. But at the end of the day, it has to literally speak to you. If it doesn't speak to what you want to get to, mm-hmm. first try what you want because many many companies are not selling what they started out with. Iteration is okay. Mm-hmm. Failing is fine. But how can you fail fast? Or how can you avoid failure? You just have to be part of other people that are doing it. Almost the same thing on a daily. People who are hustling. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you if you listen to these business gurus who are asking for money to print their own books, you know, <laughs> guy tells me I'm writing a motivational book, mm-hmm. but I'm looking for money to print the book. So then, which motivation are you writing about? Yeah, join an accelerator that has uh, that has uh, proven uh, that has proven it can actually do it. Things like Google Accelerator. I think I've attended the best accelerators ever. Yes, let's talk to us about the experience there. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been to Google uh, uh, Launchpad for Africa. We swipe to pay, right? Yeah, still swipe to pay. Okay. I've done Slash Global Impact Accelerator in Finland. Okay. Still with swipe to pay. I've done Growth Africa. I did that with uh, with uh, with Yosa. Growth, uh, Growth Africa. Yeah, Growth Africa. Growth Africa. Yeah. I've done Visa Everywhere Initiative in South Africa. Still with, with uh, swipe to pay. These are guys that have proven they can actually do this. And you need to be very picky about which accelerators you apply for because you're going to waste your time. <laughs> okay. So do you, do you reach that point of being picky and choosing on what you want? Oh, I mean, at first you might not be picky. You might just want to go for, for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. But if you know what you're worth and what, if, if what they're offering you doesn't meet what you're worth, mm-hmm. please don't waste your time. Otherwise, accelerators run for not less than four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good accelerator will go for 12 months. A very nice accelerator will go for six months. Do you want to waste all that time with people who don't know what they're talking about? Okay. So uh, like, let's say, let's talk about the, the Google Accelerator mm-hmm. for Africa. Uh, how has been your exp- uh, experience? Because I think, well, do you have guys who have built business in Africa talking to you? Bro, bro. I think the Google 
Launchpad Accelerator is the holy grail of startups in Africa. It's like the white combinator. <laughs> These guys tear your business from inside out. Okay. Then they help you rebuild it. We are talking about startups like uh, Flutterwave. Mm. Talking about companies like Paystack that are now uh, valued at more than sixty million dollars. Mm. That investment from Stripe. Talk about companies like Eversend. Talk about companies like Swipe to Pay. Talk about companies like Gene Fifty Four that have raised more than twenty million dollars in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. These are the companies that have gone through this. That means they have proven they can do it. Build startups and help them grow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and away from all of that, you are part of a bigger community of guys that have done it. You have a growth catalyst that is with you for like two years, even after the program. After the program. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. So it's a, for you. Going into then coming out of Google, uh, the launchpad, the yeah. African launchpad was. I mean, it's totally different from how we went in. Mm. I when we went in, we were so raw. We at some point <laughs> I even cried. I was like, "What have I been wasting all my time on?" Yeah, because these guys know the importance of metrics. Mm. To do something needs to be measurable, attainable. It has to be time bound. Not just saying, oh, "I'll do this." You don't even know when you're going to do it. What what? What are your OKRs? What are you going to get out of all of this? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, for us, we are different when it got out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. nice. So, um, the, the landscape of tech industry in, uh, in Uganda. In Uganda, yes. Not, not Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Ugandan tech landscape is, I would say, still. If we talk about tech, we might be talking about generally programming, tech meetups, startups, and all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's general, it's growing. <laughs> yeah. If it's just the startup space, it's still very raw. Uh, from from literally all angles, uh, companies are just starting for the sake of it. Uh, angel investment or even investment is still very very young. The government itself doesn't understand what we are doing. But there's still there's a lot of green light also. Yeah. We're starting to see customers getting hungry for for products. Uh, seeing companies like Jumia spending millions of dollars in the economy, okay. this helps young companies to actually buy or start start growing. Because if you're doing something in line or close to what Jumia was doing, then customers will know what you're actually standing for. They'll ask you, oh, like Jumia, you're like yeah, someone like Jumia, then your point starts coming through. Yeah, so, yeah. You see companies like Safe Border who have actually been, done very very well. From like they have like their entire ecosystem of riders, deliveries, payments, airtime, and all of that, mm-hmm. under one super app that literally wakes up everyone about payments with, with mobile money, uh, buying airtime online. So if, if anybody builds a platform just for selling airtime, mm-hmm. the customers already woken up about buying airtime. So I mean, it's it's, it's kind of growing. These uh, uh, these organizations that are, that want to see it grow. You'll find um, uh, communities or uh, associations like uh, like Fitspa. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Fitspa is actually is actually doing a lot of lobbying on the side of government for 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 startups. I mean, I'll I'll generally say stuff is is trying to pick, yeah. but I wouldn't say we are at the level of Nigeria, South Africa, and, and Kenya. And Kenya. Yeah. So again, again, the, the first guy we talked to, he said uh, the metrics we have in Uganda mm-hmm. is called Ivan. Mm. Yeah. I know Morozi. You know, I yeah. So he said uh, the Ugandan metrics, like when you look at the numbers in Uganda, mm. uh, it's like way below compared to Kenya. Because yeah. you know, he said when you're talking to a VC mm. or uh, an angel, some someone who wants to give you money, mm. the the next question they ask like, okay, how many guys? How big is the market? 
<laughs> so you throw in the machine and then the next question is like, when are you going to Kenya and Nigeria? Exactly. Uh, so again, talking about raising money, uh, VCs are mm. angel, angel mm. investors. Mm. Um, uh, have you done it before? Yeah, I mean, we've, 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 uh, we've raised uh, some money. <laughs> <laughs> you don't disclose. I mean, I might not disclose the amount, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've done it, and I would say I was, I was actually really, really lucky. We raised from a guy who had just started investing in, in Africa, okay. who were his second investment and in Africa, but first in Uganda. Okay. I had to borrow my sister's money to go to Rwanda to meet this guy. Okay. Slept at my friend's couch on my friend's couch in Rwanda. My friend bought me meals. Because I, I had gone to meet this guy, and, and he was so for him, his philosophy was investing in different startups that at the end of the day can, can coexist together. Yeah. So, Swipe Today can offer payments to self in Rwanda, self in Rwanda can help somebody. So, like the different startups you invest money in, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it's, 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 it's easy to raise money from a foreigner than it is to raise money from, from locals. Mm-hmm. So, you'll go to a businessman in Uganda, you tell him, Hey man, I'm looking for 80k. He's going to find his calculator. TTT, how much money is that? Hey, you're asking for 360 million. He's like, hey man, I can buy land and, and you know. So uh, it's still quite hard. Uh, but local founders that, you no, know, like founders in Africa that are white are still going to raise more money. Uh, I don't know whether they understand our problems more than we do. But I mean, funding is a mixture of being ready and being lucky, I would say. But uh, okay, there's a lot of lucky guys, okay, uh, and there's a lot of ready guys. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have both, sometimes you you might you might miss out. So so from you you, you build a business uh, mm-hmm. like you bootstrap a business before. Yeah, right. So yeah. the experience of mm-hmm. raising money and mm-hmm. bootstrapping your own mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you advise a young guy coming up to? Like, which direction do I take? I think the first, for me, the first, uh, the first advice would be uh, try to be as lean as possible, or try to uh, to mitigate how much money you spend. Or I mean, like try to lower the amount of money you spend, or try as much as possible not to spend money. Your own money, or any money. Mm-hmm. Try as much as possible before you write code, wasting your internet money, uh, spending time in, in your room. Mm-hmm. Talk to the customers. Okay. And that's free. If you're building a, a solution for, for shops, walk through your neighborhood and talk to businesses. See if they would be open. Exactly, if they'd be open to pay. I we 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 uh, we have uh, what we call swipe to pay shops, so businesses can open shops on our platform. Okay. I go out and tell businesses, Oh, you can actually pay twenty five K to use it for a month. And the guy's like, only and in my mind I'm like thought this was fair you know (laughs) but if I talk to them maybe they would have paid 50 maybe 100 Mm -hmm. yeah so talk to customers first then there's a lot of uh, free Amazon web credit (laughs) yeah go in uh, attend a program get your $1,000 worth of Amazon credit so your servers are sorted (laughs) you need a website just buy a domain on GoDaddy build a pipeline on, on on GitLab so your website is hosted on, on, on GitLab, your domain is just coding an IP, you get it. So like you're trying to like save money to uh, mitigate or see that you literally don't run out trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Okay, I think, I think you need, on one of your meetings you need to do a crash course on, <laughs> on building a store. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, let's talk about things. Yeah, I think I think we should. Yeah, you should, you should take on that. Uh, Solomon, thank you for mm. having this conversation with us. You're welcome. Uh, okay. Uh, so, quick uh, last one: the kindest thing someone has done for you. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might be like a collection of many things. Uh, I don't want to speak from an emotional side because I might say, oh, my girlfriend did A, B, D, and C. And that's because we are dating. But like, so I think for me, the kindest thing, or the, the kindest person is, 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 is one of my best friends, CK, the founder of the village. So uh, this is a sad story for me. Yeah, so, uh, uh, first, first of January, 12 a.m., uh, 2019, okay. uh, we went to Naguru Hill. So, we had actually office working mm-hmm. after we go out with him, and I had 2,000 shillings in my wallet. <laughs> so, we, I mean, uh, fireworks outside, beautiful night, and I remember that 2K. So, I tell him, you know what, man, I have 2,000 shillings right now in my pocket. And I, don't, I, I never want to see fireworks without any amount uh, 10 times this in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my whole reference was, at least I should have a 2 million in my pockets for free. It's like, yeah, man, stuff will work out. We're still hustling with the village. We had one floor. I was a community manager and also trying to run a startup. Mm-hmm. So like after that, he takes us out. Then he gives me 350k. Mm. Tells me this should start your journey towards getting that two million every uh, every New Year's. Should have your your, your two million. Mm. And I think that for me, that honesty and, and and understanding literally has led us to what we've actually grown into. Okay. He has done a lot of favors for me. I've done favors for him. <laughs> I mean, the story is quite long. I don't know what, 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 what the, I think for me that was the nicest gesture. Okay. And, and I think the, the other gesture was my parents giving birth to me. Yeah. So, okay, so fast forward, I think we need to, we need to see how 2021 comes in. Because was it? That was 2019. 18 coming to 19. Yeah. So 19 coming to 2020, and you are. Yeah, bro, I had a lot of money. <laughs> I had more than 100 million in my account. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, man. Thank you, man.